From Brandeis University, welcome to Recall This Book, where we assemble scholars and writers from different disciplines to make sense of contemporary issues, problems, and events. Specifically, welcome today to Recall This B-Side, which is a short series of conversations that we undertook as a companion piece to B-Side Books, which is an edited collection out from Columbia University Press this June. So hello, I'm today's host, solo today, uh, John Plotz, and my guest is Pardis Debashi, English professor at University of Nevada, Reno, co-editor of the forthcoming New Faulkner Studies, and currently at work on a monograph with the excellent title, Losing the Plot, Film and Feeling in the Modernist Novel. So Pardis, welcome. Thank you. Thanks so much, John. I'm really happy to be here. Oh, it's so great. I wish I could say welcome back to Boston, where, of course, you used to live, but at least I will say welcome to a Boston-based Zoom room. Um, okay, so a little bit of introductory business. What I hear you asking is a B-side. Well, basically, it's a book unjustly kicked to the curb or thrown prematurely onto the ash heap of history. So for three years at Public Books, um, I have been commissioning writers to sing the praises of odd volumes that slipped through the cracks. Um, they were ahead of their times or behind their times or just on a different schedule. So it seemed like a good idea now that that uh, series has resulted in this book that is forthcoming to invite a few of the authors on to talk about their choices and what lay beneath them. So Pardis, in that context, thanks so much on the day after Nehru's for uh, suiting up to talk about one of your favorite Iranian novels. Um, so basically three main questions for you, although I'm sure we'll go down some byways and tributaries. And let me just start out with the obvious. What is your B-side and why did you choose it? Um, okay, great. Um, great question. So so my 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 B-side is called, um, in English, it's called My my Uncle Napoleon in Persian, um, Daijan Napoleon, um, 1973 novel by Iraj Kizad. Um, and I chose it because it is, so I wouldn't say that it's like you ask any Iranian person and they'll know what this novel is. And if, if they haven't read it, they've seen the really, really, really popular television series that came out in the seventies, like mm -hmm. really awkward. Um, I guess why I chose it is it so, so, so that's to say it's not, it's in a way it's not a B-side. Um, but in the sense, like for American and just general European audiences, it is a B-side in the sense that it's not, I mean, I don't, I haven't spoken to a single person um, in my academic life who has read or heard of this novel. First of all, it's, it's one of the funniest books I've ever read in my entire life. It's hilarious. And this is, I'd say, why I chose it. Um, um, it is... It's a, it's like a, it's like a rock. That's how I would describe it. Um, and it has all the, the kind of like the formal features of a romp in the sense that it's deeply plotted. Like things are happening constantly. It is not at all interested in individual psychology or interiority. It's interested in things happening and things happening at um, a, a, a really high rate of, well, um, it's fast. It's a, it's a fast novel. Mm -hmm. So things are happening quickly and in um, a kind of like crescendoed succession. So like, mm -hmm. the, you know, leading up to um, leading up to sort of climactic moments of hilarity. Um, so one example of this is there's this joke in, in the novel um, that centers around a kind of like 
language that one of the characters uses. One of the main characters is this kind of trickster figure named Astola Mirza. And he's the main character's uncle or cousin. And the main character is a, a young sort of, it's an unnamed narrator. He's a young boy who's fallen in love with his other cousin. And basically the kind of like the through line of the novel is like, he's trying to, he's trying to figure out how to end up with her. And his cousin Astola Mirza is helping him, but he's a, you know, he's a womanizer. He's a, he's a trickster figure. And he has coded, like he uses the word San Francisco to mean having sex. Mm -hmm. so, so like the idea of like going to San Francisco is means having sex. So yeah. like there will be a number of kind of like episodes in the novel where, you know, like, things will, a number of ridiculous things will happen. And then like the climactic moment of the scene is like Astola Mirza, like making some claim about either going to San Francisco or having gone to San Francisco uh -huh. or uh -huh. being in San Francisco. Uh -huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. You're making it sound a little bit like Tristan Shandy actually, because in a sense then it, it is kind of a bit of a, a problem for the category of the B-side because the point about the B-side is supposed to be something that, you know, kind of belonged to the world at one point and then stopped belonging. It, it It's like, here's like a book that never belonged to like the world in those terms, because it never belonged to the world of Paris or London or Berlin. And yet also it's, it hasn't stopped being a beloved book in yeah. its own world, in its yeah. small world. Yeah. yeah, no, totally. And, and I have such a, I have such a wonderful example of this um, about the way that this this novel kind of um, is like this cohesive agent for like Iranians, basically. Uh -huh. um, I was, I was, uh, so my parents are divorced and we were, and they've been divorced forever. And uh, we were at my, I, we were at the dinner for my, celebrating my having received my PhD. Uh -huh. And I think I was actually working on the B-side article for you at the time. Mm. And so I was sitting at the dinner table. My dad's to my right. My mom's to my left. Mm -hmm. and, <laughs> and I said something. Somehow I feel like the word San Francisco is not going to be uttered in this anecdote. Okay? Nobody was going to San Francisco that night. <laughs> um, and, um, and so uh, I said something like, you know, I was trying to you know, like my parents get together once every like six months or something for something having to do with either me or my brother. Yeah. And, um, and I said something to, I was trying to like lighten the mood or whatever. So I said something like, oh, you know, like by the way, like I'm reading my uncle Napoleon. I'm like writing a little piece for it. Yeah. And there was the silence. And then my mom like cracked a joke. She like made a joke about a line in the novel yeah. that my dad then like finished and they uh. both started like just cracking up wow. and they had it they probably hadn't talked about this novel together yeah. since the 70s you know awesome. um and so that's my way of saying like how much this novel is just sort of baked into yeah um, the culture you know yeah. So did they do that in Farsi or in English? It did. Oh, it was in, it was in Persian. In, in Persian. Yeah. I, actually, you're now at a fork in the road here because I'm about to ask you sort of our third question, which is, you know, other books you've thought about or books you would recommend to people who are intrigued mm. by the idea of my, Michael Napoleon. And I feel like you're at a fork because you could either go down the 
Persian pathway, or you could go down the pathway of like other books, you know, world yeah. literature books. Say, yeah. yeah other yeah. books in other literatures that are like this. So yeah, totally. I mean, well, given this platform, I think one thing that I would love to enter more uh, mainstream conversations in literary studies mm. um, in English is um Sadegh Hidayat's the blind owl, uh the blind owl I know you and I have spoken about yeah. this yeah yeah um and it's like it there is something kind of too much about it it's like very <laughs> dark I mean like dark of the sort that is you know one wonders is there anything recuperable here you know yeah. um but I do think that there, it would be really interesting to triangulate that novel with others in the modernist tradition. Um, yeah. Yeah, to kind of shed light on to, to shed light on that work and to see if there's something, if there's some way that it can be brought into conversation with other texts. Um, particularly, would, you yeah. would you describe it as a novel of ideas? I'm just trying to give listeners a sense of how. What, yes. Yeah. Yes, a novel of ideas. I think it's it's a novel that is. Um, thinking about is at least on my reading, um, thinking about very kind of um, broad questions of um, uh, mortality, basically, mm -hmm. um, and um, a kind of like godlessness, um, like the state of the abandoned world. Um, and this is, and this is kind of why I think. This is one of its, this is one, maybe one of the reasons why it, um, I don't want to say fails as a novel, because I don't think it fails as a novel, but one of the reasons why it's more interesting maybe theoretically mm -hmm. is aesthetically, um, because it's it's like, it's in a way, it's almost like reading a nouveau roman by Elaine Rogrier. It's mm -hmm. like you see the theorist at work, mm -hmm. you know? Um, and that's one of the reasons why it's deeply, you know, theoretically edifying to read the the Bildung Roman and oh, sorry, the the Nouveau Roman and maybe theoretically edifying to read the Blind Owl. But there's something aesthetically there that you're like you're wanting. So if the Nouveau Roman, like the Elaine Rogrier, let's say, like if the Nouveau Roman is thinking through the history of the novel, um, and you know, seeing itself as an extension of Flaubertian critique of realism. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's definitely a way to think about um, both the blind owl and my uncle Napoleon as offering two very different but equally interesting contributions to that, like historicizing of the modern novel, mm -hmm. where my uncle Napoleon, in a way, is using contemporary Iranian events to look back and like really reaching back to 18th century and and before. I mean, like the my uncle Napoleon is is rooted in in the the humor is rooted in street theater um, of um, you know uh, uh, Iranian street theater. So it's and and also Commedia dell'arte. So there's like a whole kind of um, comedic performative tradition that my uncle Napoleon is kind of pulling into the history mm. of the novel. Mm -hmm. um, and its levity is um, is markedly different than the Blind Owl, which is a very very dark, if not dour, um, dour novel, um, expressionistic, and um, thinking through the 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 role of the novel in the abandoned world. Mm -hmm. um, 
in, in, a, in a very, very different way. Um, so I think that the three of them, I mean, Elaine Rogrier, I should write this paper, John. Um, yeah, you should. <laughs> <laughs> if you need to fit the TV show in there somewhere. I know, I have to fit yeah. the TV in. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. I think that these three, it would be very, I mean, I think this is, way, this is the way my brain works anyway and the things that I'm drawn to, I mean, I, is, is reflected in what I'm saying here. But I think all three of these texts or all three of these people, um, Sadeh Hedayat, Iraj Pizish Zod and Elaine Rogri are thinking through the history of the novel in really interesting. Mm. Cool. Wow. All right. Well, that's an excellent endorsement. And I mean, I loved it. I thought it was a great novel. So I'm oh, great. I was so it was such a great discovery for me. Um, okay, so uh, I'm just going to say, dear listeners, of course, we hope that you will both uh, read and buy uh, My Uncle Napoleon, and we hope that you will buy um, the forthcoming B-side books from Columbia University Press. Um, but whether you do or not, we would love to know your thoughts about what makes for a great B-side. So I, I think probably every one of us has a book or two or three that they would love to dredge out of the depths, becoming, um, you know, as Hannah Rent said, a diver after pearls. So Pardis, thank you so much for uh, coming on with us today. Uh, it was a great pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, and I should just say quickly that recall this book is sponsored by the Mandel Humanity Center. Music comes from Eric Chaslow and Barbara Cassidy. Sound editing by Naomi Cohen. Website design and social media by Nye Kim. If you enjoyed today's show, please, please do tell your friends about us and write a review or rate us on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, do check out our other Recall This Book episodes, which include uh, Merve Emre on Natalia Ginsburg's The Dry Heart and Caleb Crane on a novel written by a nine-year-old. Um, so from all of us here at Recall This Book, thanks for listening. <laughs>